What's up, everybody? Welcome back into your favorite midweek sports podcast. This is the Bartow Sports Talk. Not the, I, I don't know why I added the. I didn't sound it right. It is here. the. I mean, it, I mean, it is the, and we are we. This is Tino Bernal, your host, as always. My main man, Ryan, the Rhino Murray, a.k.a. Big Murr. Let's go. Is back with us. We're very happy to have him back, Ryan. I mentioned before the show, nothing but positivity your way, man. Thanks, the listeners, man. I'm sure that they've sent positive thoughts and positive and you know prayers your way. We're happy to have you back, man. I'm glad be- to be back. How you doing, man? It's draft week. Good, man. I'm chilling. I'm just waiting to see what happens. Oh, uh, it's gonna be exciting. We hope you guys all enjoyed episode 48 with my lovely fiance. She joined the show and in Ryan's absence. He's was- a legend. She, I think she did pretty good. She did really good in her debut. Yeah, she was pretty good at beer pong, too. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. For she, your was, she was backpacking. Got to give you a little shout out. It was Ryan's birthday recently, April 17th. Man's now 26. Oof. That's hard to hear. Yeah, it's weird. Trust me, when I turned 26 in December, I was kind of like, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I'm almost dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey. Yeah, it, it, it it's weird. Definitely getting closer to 30. But I've mentioned episode 49, we're coming with some heat. It's draft week in Kansas City. We've been waiting for this since the announcement came last year. I, the, I'm just ready for I'm ready for a good time. I'm going to be down there Thursday and Friday. Ryan, do you plan on attending? I don't think so. Just like with all the stuff with my certifications and stuff, I got to make sure everything is all good. Like, I passed, but I still got to make sure that all my stuff's, like, turned in and stuff. Also, another shout-out. Ryan has been training to become a, or not training, but studying to become a personal trainer. Certified personal trainer and sports nutrition specialist, boy. So, we out here. To the listeners, if you're looking to achieve your fitness goals (laughs) and nutritional goals, hit, hit up Ryan Murray. My dude. He's on Twitter at... The dude Murray, or is it that? Uh, at the dude, I don't know. One of the two. No, I gotta make sure I have nothing sketchy on there so I don't get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're good now. <laughs> yeah. Hey. A few years ago, I don't know, but I think you're good now. Oh, I deleted all that. But but props to you, man. I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I really Thanks, am. man. So, unfortunately, Ryan won't be able to make the draft. I will be there. I'll be live. No, I'm kidding. I won't. Oh, that'd be so cool. No, I won't. But draft week in Kansas City. I've, every time I see a Facebook post or something on Twitter, anything social media, I just the anticipation just builds more and more. I think Kansas City's going to set the bar pretty high with this. Yeah. Enough talk about that. We're going to get to it in a minute. But to preview some of the things we have for you guys for episode 49, we of course are going to talk the draft. But NBA, NBA playoffs, round one's almost done. And this came with a little bit of heat, but. Some of the games, have, you know, or at least some of the series have been a little lopsided. A lot of three ones right now. Yeah. So we'll some highlight blowouts too. Yeah, yeah, quite a few. So we'll highlight some of that. Some news that's gone on in the association over the last week or so, and then towards the end of ML or towards the end of the show, we're going to talk a little bit of MLB. We kind of put MLB on the back burner this week for obvious reasons. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, we we want to talk a lot of baseball, but for obvious reasons, you know, it's. It's got to take a little step down the totem pole. Yep. So we'll have the week five power rankings, as I mentioned in episode 48. 
We'll take a look around the league. And as we do in the last few episodes, probably another quick Royals update. Yep. Not too much to talk about. And really, it's just, it's just a downward spiral. But I actually, here, I want to check the score right now. They were playing earlier in Arizona. No, never mind. They're losing. No nope. reason to highlight that. Nope. <laughs> let's get it started. Let, let's get it started in here. Shout out to the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> if you remember that. Yeah. The latest news in the NFL before we get to the draft talk. I think this one, I mean, it's the biggest news in the NFL right now. Yeah, thank God it's over. I know you, we've talked about it a few times in previous episodes. You are not a fan of this guy. Nope. Aaron Arrogant Rodgers, as my dad likes to call him, is officially a New York Jet. That has a weird ring to it. Yep. Very strange. The the drama that was the Aaron Rodgers sweepstake is finally over, as Ryan mentioned, and went on for... Like three years, really, but the last, <laughs> what, four or five months especially? Yes. Ever since the last game in Lambeau Field when they lost to the Detroit Lions, the speculation was off the charts. He was going to go here. He was going to go there. And then he finally went on the Pat McAfee show and said he planned to play with New York, but then New York kind of played games because they didn't want to go up the first. And they ended up swapping. Which... Then he was like, I'm 90% in retirement. Yeah. Like, Come... What? Come on. He was a clown. I am glad that it's over. Yeah, sadly, though, we got to put up with it all year this year. Every win, every loss. Did you see they could get, I saw it was projected five to six prime time games this season. I did. I was going to highlight that, actually. Ooh, so my fault. No, no, you're good. You're good. So the New York Jets, actually, I saw something interesting. They haven't had a, they haven't hosted a Sunday night football game since 2011. 12 years for one of the biggest markets in professional sports. That, that's bad. He's obviously going to bring entertainment. He's going to bring attraction to New York City again for the Jets. Do you consider the Jets a historical franchise? They're no. one of the oldest teams. No. I mean, when's the last time they won a Super Bowl? Like Joe, Joe Namath? <laughs> so the details of this trade. The Jets receive Aaron Rodgers, the number 15 overall pick, a 2023 fifth-round draft pick, pick number 170, and the Packers. Packers got a pretty decent haul. I wouldn't say, I really wouldn't say the Jets gave up too much in comparison to think of Russell Wilson trade last year. But yeah, the Seahawks or the Broncos gave up quite a bit. That that was that was bad. Broncos got they got finessed by Seattle. I'll yep. just say that the Packers. Packers didn't really finesse the Jets too much, I don't think. I think it was a pretty solid trade. So the Packers received pick number 13, a 2023 second-round pick, which is pick number 42, a six-round pick, pick 207, and a conditional 2024 second-round pick that could become a first-round pick if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the uh, plays for the season. He's likely going to hit that. Yeah. You would hope. If he doesn't, that means your season's more than likely a disaster. I think uh, the expectations right now, it rivals the Russell Wilson drama last year. Because once he went to Denver, of course, everyone expected him to 
be the favorites in the AFC West or at least compete with Kansas City or probably overtake Kansas City. Yeah, because we were rebuilding. And become, you know, a Super Bowl contender. Fast forward to this year. Similar situation. Super Bowl contenders already getting thrown around. In your opinion, do you do you say pump the brakes or do you believe the hype with the Jets? I think right now I saw it's like the over under nine and a half game. I'm going to so. take the under. I don't think they're like that. I don't it, think that's too bold of a statement either. No, they showed their schedule, and you got to think they still have to play the Chiefs. I, they haven't released the dates of the game, but they have some big games. It's not going to be – it's. it didn't look like the easiest schedule. I mean, you take that in consideration too. the AFC East. You play Buffalo twice. Buffalo's been the division champ over the last few years. The Dolphins are a team that you expect to improve. You don't really know, just depending on the quarterback situation. Same thing with New England. New England's pretty, usually pretty solid. They're shooing for about seven to eight wins. I don't think they don't think they'll be competitive, competitive in the division race, but I think they'll, you know, they'll still be a solid team. It's not going to be easy though. You know, where does New York? Do you put New York now above Miami? Do you put New York above Buffalo? I think you got to have them below Buffalo still. Yeah, I would put them below. I uh, I don't know because we still don't know like the two situation. How's that gonna play out? Is he gonna take one big hit and then it's gonna be over? I mean, if he can stay healthy, I'd say you put them below Miami. But unless Aaron Rodgers randomly changes his attitude and he wants to participate in all the offseason stuff, he wants to make relationships with the young team and try and actually, you know, lead the team and not just be like. And then he skip OTAs last year, whatever it's called, and all that stuff. The last few years in Green Bay, yeah. Yeah. That is a valid point. I think this time around, though, a fresh start. I think he's excited to be around new people, be in a new city. Just everything new. It's it's a good situation for him. Green Bay, they kind of screwed him over in a way by not surrounding him with talent after Devontae Adams left. So, but Devontae Adams didn't leave until all that drama started. And I get, yeah, I get Do that. Do you know how bad Devontae Adams must have felt to leave a two-time MVP to go to Derek Carr? <laughs> I mean, just think about that. That's like going back to your ex after you're dating a supermodel. It just doesn't make sense. I, I guess I'm thinking more, more wishful thinking. I would assume that he would want to, you know, make a good first impression. And not go back to his old ways, not be egotistical, because they they have a decent team. You know the defense was there; they were arguably top ten, maybe borderline top five. The offense they have young, promising players. You know, and here I wanted to actually highlight this. It was posted on Twitter by Warren Sharp, and you know it. The question is, you know, how many wins does this Jets team get? How far does this Jets team go? So Aaron Rodgers, of course, under center. Garrett Wilson was in, I think he did win Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year. And then you have Alan Lazard, who Aaron Rodgers handpicked to go to the New York Jets. McCall Hardman, speedster, Kansas City loses him, New York gains him. Oh, we didn't lose him. I mean, it's a subtraction, but. Opened up a roster spot. Fair enough. Corey Davis, he's a an established vet, not great, not bad. 
And they also still have Elijah Moore, but I think he's on his way out. Tyler Conklin, a tight end. C.J. Uzama, the longtime Cincinnati Bengals tight end. Brees Hall is coming back from injury. He was a stud last year. I'm very excited about him. Shout out to him. He's a Wichita kid. Michael Carter. Michael Carter and Brees Hall can be a very good one-two punch. And they still have the number 15 overall pick. It has potential. I don't know, man. I'm looking at some of the games, like at their schedule, at Buffalo, at Cleveland, at Cowboys, at Broncos, at Raiders, at Miami, at New England, at Giants. They also have to play the Chiefs, the Eagles. It's not, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm there's some guaranteed wins, like Atlanta, Houston, Washington. Should beat Washington, but you never know. I wouldn't worry too much about the Browns. But I mean, I get I get your concerns. I do. I mean, if Deshaun Watson has a full off season, you know, with the team, doesn't get any more charges. I mean, they could be decent, especially if Lamar leaves the conference. Now to kind of turn the page, what are the expectations for Green Bay? Jordan Love steps into his first year fully starting for the Green Bay Packers, and the Packers have a very tough decision to make. By Monday, I believe. They have to decide whether they're going to pick up his fifth-year option, which then, if they do, is a $20 million guarantee for this season. Do you really want to pay a guy? He, 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 I don't know. Maybe he's proven enough to that front office that he's the guy. I mean, obviously, if they, they wouldn't trade Aaron Rodgers if he didn't, but $20 million, that's quite a bit for a first-year starter. I think at this point, he knows the system. He knows everybody. Yeah. And I saw some of the arguments like, well, if he was good enough, they wouldn't have put up with Aaron Rodgers stuff. But then again, when he's putting up MVP numbers, even though he is a diva, it's kind of hard. But I don't know. I think I saw it was over or under seven and a half. I think I'll go over. My brother, he was very optimistic. He's a he's a huge Green Bay Packers fan. He He was... I'm going to take the over as well. The NFC North is, for the most part, wide open. I don't know how I feel about Minnesota. Chicago should improve. I think Detroit should improve. And actually, side note on Detroit, they just took, you know, it's funny with them. They took steps forward last year, but now this offseason they take steps backwards with the players being suspended for gambling. I saw that. That's wild. So, I mean, one of the most notable ones that everybody was high on this year was going to be Jamison Williams. Yep. He's suspended, I think, indefinitely. So the the Packers, I mean, they're in a good spot. They still have a solid defense, still relatively the same coaching staff. Now here's how their offense looks. You have Jordan Love, Christian Watson, breakout rookie last year. He really turned it on, you know, the second half of the season. Romeo Dobbs, he had some nice moments last year for them. Samori Tour, don't know who that is. Bo Melton. Also don't know who that is. <laughs> Joshua. A tight end. Joshua DeGuerra. Tyler Davis. A tight end. Those guys, I don't know. Their pass catching group is huge, huge question mark. You have to assume that they're going to take a receiver at pick number 13. Yeah. But running backs, you still have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, which is one of the best tandems in the league. The more I... <laughs> 
the more I say those names out loud, I'm not, I don't, I don't like Green Bay's offense. Do you think they'll do better than the Jets? Like win-loss-wise? Not no. factoring in the conferences or anything like that? No. After after reading off that skill position group, no. <laughs> now, the funny thing about this trade, it, it, this is truly a wild occasion, or I guess occasion, or coincidence. If you think back to Brett Favre's the end of his career, think about where he went. So, not only Green, or Green Bay, of course, obviously had Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. They both won one championship in their career in Green Bay. Both were traded to the Jets after 15-plus years with Green Bay. Both played their final game in Lambeau Field, and it was a loss. Both quarterbacks were, no, I don't know. That one does not, this one's not really relevant. Both got hurt and were replaced by their first-round backup against a one-loss NFC East team. And both players won multiple MVPs as a Packer. It's almost scripted. Like that, that's really, that, that's a coincidence. That's a crazy coincidence. Both were mean to the backup that was drafted before them. Yeah, both uh, had no part in <laughs> wanting to help the other, you know, their heir apparent with their development. Yeah, they all went from, like, fan favorites, kind of, unless you were a Bears fan, to just, like, nobody really liked them anymore. I agree. That... And the retirement talk. Because didn't Brett Favre actually retire? Then go to the Jets, cause didn't he retire like twice? Yes, he did. He had a he had a full on press conference with Green Bay actually, cause the man broke down and cried. Yeah, but then he went to Green Bay, or then he went to New York, contemplated retirement again, and he went to Minnesota, and then that's when he was. He actually had a really good year with that year in Minnesota. What else in the NFL? Tommy Townsend resigned with the Chiefs. I like that punter. There was uh, some controversy with him surrounding this past season not necessarily off the field or anything bad but there was the whole is tommy townsend the reason why harrison bucker is playing poorly this season because of the place holding obviously the chiefs didn't think so that's why they brought him back yep so i, I think it's good you got to keep in you got to keep your core intact and I, he was up one of the best punters in the league now is the time we get into the draft talk very excited to talk about this upcoming draft in Kansas City tomorrow. By the time you guys all hear this, it'll be happening, probably. We'll see. We'll start it off by the rumors. I don't know if you've been following it too much, Ryan, but they've been heating up a little bit, and I couldn't tell you position-wise, you know, what, what's the biggest rumors? Like, the biggest rumors are the offensive line or defensive line or cornerbacks, things like that. I can tell you the most notable ones, like quarterback, running back, and receiver. Those obviously get the most hype around, yeah. you know, combine and draft talk. But Will Levis, or Will Levis, Levis, Levi's, one of the three. Yeah. He's now projected to go number one overall. Weird. His, his draft stock has been all over the place, or his draft position has been all over the place. There's been people saying that he's not a first-round draft pick. There's been people saying that, oh, maybe he's on the back end of the top 10. There's been people saying that he could go to Indianapolis number four. I think that's the most realistic spot just because they need a quarterback. I don't think he's a top 10 pick. But now 
there's the rumor going around that he could go first overall to the Carolina Panthers. Now, this started because of a Reddit page that actually, and then there was a Reddit page and a Twitter page that just got created this week that said that people close to Will Levis' family said that Will Levis himself had contact, had been in contact with the Carolina Panthers and they had notified him that they planned to take him with the first overall pick. Now, obviously, purely speculation. A, a Reddit page and, you know, a Twitter page that was created a week ago. <laughs> Is it clout chasing on social? I think I think it's BS. I don't think you take him. If you're an organization, I don't think you take him over Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Those guys were, you know, proven commodities, two-year starters, Heisman finalist, Heisman Trophy winner, and Bryce Young. Both played in, I mean, granted, they did play with probably the best rosters in the country. Obviously, Will Levis did not at Kentucky, but the the tape's there. He looks, you know, he's an athletic guy. He's kind of like Josh Allen a little bit. That's been his comparison. Has a big arm. I just don't know, though. Number one overall. I can't think of a more stressful decision as a franchise than the number one overall pick. This this year in particular has been interesting because I've never seen really four quarterbacks that could go in the top three. Usually you get a, a big name pass rusher or big name offensive tackle or a defensive back. But this year, I mean, all four quarterbacks their draft position has been all over the place. They could go maybe all four of them in the top 10. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's it's interesting. I think sure. that's only happened once before that I saw. Like no. with Baker Mayfield's class, I think. Ooh. That I is, think that was the last time. Was that him, uh, Sam Darnold, and? Yeah, there were two other. I believe that was the only time. Lamar got picked at 32nd. Never happened. Four no. QBs in the top 10. Or like in the modern draft era or whatever they call it. Yeah, I think I think so. That was the 2018 draft class, I believe. I can't remember the year. I don't know. This is it's interesting though. It's making for good conversation. I'll say that it is because C.J. Stroud was. I also saw he was projected to go number one at one point, and now he's fell because one of the like anonymous GM said because of his low cognitive score on that test. I don't exactly know what that test entails, but they said they've never seen a quarterback or a player score so low and exceed expectations in the NFL. I don't really know what that means, but I'd like to see what those tests are like. It is interesting. They, uh, so they've gone from that. Yeah, the S2 cognitive test is what they do now. They used to have the Wonderlick test, and I guess that's you know been replaced or something. So for, for context, Bryce Young placed in the 98th percentile in, this, in the S2 cognitive test, and C.J. Stroud uh, was in the 18th percentile. <laughs> now, how if that translates to the gridiron, I don't know. And like you said, I, I want to. I mean, I'm interested to see what's on that test. I, I believe it was supposed to test his, you know, decision making and you know things of that nature. But I think the physical tools are there for C.J. Stroud. Can he read a defense and, you know, can he process things quickly? I guess maybe that's in question. So, yeah, now his draft stock has slid a bit. And now he's projected to go out of the top 10 in some mock drafts. Yeah, I saw that. It's crazy. 
which is really interesting. Now, so that those were really the two big quarterback rumors. And now, as I mentioned, running back, Bajan Robinson. He's project his draft position is now all over the place. Now you have the I guess football purist. I'll say that. In recent years, this the statement has started to gain a lot of traction because in years past, in years past, I don't think it was as, I guess, as much believed by the, I don't know, front offices and football personnel and just anybody involved with football in the NFL. Now the trend is that you don't take a running back in first round. You know, we've seen guys like Trent Richardson, who who was a bust. Clyde Rosillera was in the first round. Uh, but he was a late first round pick, so I don't think that really counts. But there are people that truly believe you do not take a running back in the first round. Which is which is odd to me if you have a prospect like Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott. Those guys were impact players. They went top five. They deserve to go top five. You could point out Ezekiel Elliott now. Oh, that's why you don't take a running back first round. He had a damn good career in Dallas. Yeah, they beat him into the ground too, though. That dude, his usage rate was crazy. I, I don't understand how you can hate on him. I mean, sure, did he his play decline? Absolutely. Did he get banged up? Sure. Did the Cowboys pay him a lot of money and he didn't necessarily produce? Yeah. It's a fact. Yeah, but after that first season, I think it's hard not to, especially as a GM. Like, how do you not resign a dude like that or give him big money? He was phenomenal. Same thing with Saquon Barkley. And, you know, there's also the trend now. You don't give a running back a second contract. It's just weird things like that. If he's a, if he's a stud, you take care of him. You yeah. draft him. You pay him. Those are guys that can change an offense. Those are guys that make your team better. Saquon Barkley... When he's healthy, obviously makes the Giants better. Now, Bajan Robinson is the next prospect. His draft position, there's been people predicting him to go to Atlanta. There's been people to predicting him to go to Kansas City at 31, oddly enough. I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, people, because he can catch the ball, too. Yeah, he's I was a, watching some of his draft stuff. He's, he's an explosive running back. Very, He's also strong. He can run between the tackles. He has the potential to be a complete back. I've never, I've, I don't know too much about his pass blocking, but think of him and Isaiah Pacheco as a one-two punch. I'm not saying the Chiefs should draft him. I think we have other needs. I wouldn't be mad at it, though. If he's there. I just don't. I think that trend or that belief, it needs to die. If, if that running back prospect is that talented and he's for sure, you know, that guy, even, even another example, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette was that guy coming out of LSU. And he proved it when he was in Jacksonville. And he proved it again when he was in Tampa Bay. He wasn't, I wouldn't say he was the top running back in the league, but you could say he was probably, you know. He was a name. Yeah, he was a notable name on the edge of the top 10, maybe top 15, top 15 running back for sure. I just, I don't, I don't understand that. How, you know, front office personnel, they have those very strong beliefs in positions like that. Yeah, I think it's just such a pass-heavy league now. You know, there's so many rules to protect the quarterback and the receivers and stuff. 
I think also with running back, I was seeing some of the stuff. What they care about more than anything is how elusive they are. They don't want them to be taking as many hits like that, unless you're like an anomaly. I don't even think I pronounced that right, but you know what I mean. Anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Bijan Robinson is that. I think he could go top 10, and I don't think it would be a bad pick. Chiefs had a pretty good Texas running back, didn't they? I can't remember that legend's name. Yeah, but he wasn't a first-round pick. I get what you're I get what yeah. You're, I, I get, say go for it. Why not? Yeah. I think people, it, they shouldn't be that scared of it, and they shouldn't be that scared to pay a running back. You know, I, 15 million plus, I don't know. Then that's tough. Yeah. It has been proven that you can win without a high top paid running back. So, I mean, I get that argument too. But your quarterback has to be the GOAT. Patrick Mahomes. Yep. (laughs) Now, some other news. Aside from the draft prospects, there's going to be a bunch of trades. I don't know if there will be a bunch of trades, but every draft there are trades. And there's trade rumors. One of the biggest ones I've seen so far, I'm not going to get into all of them, but this is one that really caught my eye. The Super Bowl runner-up, Philadelphia Eagles. They have a vacant spot at running back. Did you see who they're trying, they could possibly trade for? Big Papa. King Henry. That would be crazy. I just, that'd be headline, you know, blockbuster trade for sure. That means that the Tennessee Titans have given up all hope. They are full rebuild mode. That also means that the Eagles... On paper, it looks really nice. It does. Run heavy team. You had one of the best running backs in the league. I just don't think he fits their scheme. He's more of a running back that you line up in, you know, pro style, eye formation, something like that, an under center type of, you know, run game. He's going to get 20 plus carries a game. Philadelphia just isn't that. Uh, and when it's third and short or fourth and short, where do they go every time? It would take pressure off Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but that works. It was crazy how much that worked last season. I can't imagine them giving the ball to anybody else in that situation with the success they had with that last year. The tush push. Yep. That was so annoying. I mean, obviously a player like that, if you can get him, but I guess everything just has to be right. I think that would be it would be interesting because the Eagles were busy last draft when they traded for A.J. Brown. So yeah, I wouldn't put it past them. Now, staying on the Eagles, there's, the Eagles also have the number 10 overall pick, I believe. There's a rumor that they could potentially draft arguably one of the best receivers in the draft, Jackson Smith and Jigba, a receiver out of Ohio State. A receiving core of him, Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. That'd, be, that'd be scary. I think you have to be scared through the rest of the NFC because they're more than likely repeating. Yeah. As any NFC champions after that. Now, before we get to or towards the end of this draft talk NFL segment, 49th edition of Bar Top Sports Talk, I did want to highlight that, and all of you should still, you all should jump in on this because it's free. FanDuel is having a free draft pick. Selection. So I meant uh, me and Hector, or I did it. Hector didn't do it last year, but I did it. They give you a free pick on 
Who do you think is going to go basically one through ten? No, I'll name you mine. I wouldn't advise you to, to copy mine because I'm still kind of questioning and I might actually edit them. So, for example, first round pick or first overall pick, I have Bryce Young going to the Carolina Panthers. Second pick, I have CJ Stroud. Might change that. Third pick, I think it was between, I can't remember. There's a bunch of players that I didn't think would go number three. So I put any other player. Pick number four, I have Will Levis going to Indy. Pick number five, I had any other player. Pick number six, I believe that was the Seahawks, it might have been. I had Christian Gonzalez. I'm actually going to pull up the draft order. Because I honestly forgot who all was picking where in the first round. Okay, here we go. Oh, the Detroit Lions, they're number six. I then pick in a corner, which actually works out because they just traded Jeff Okuda to the Atlanta Falcons a few weeks ago. Pick number seven is the Vegas Raiders. I had them taking Tyree Wilson. Pick number eight, I had the Atlanta, or pick number, pick number eight to the Atlanta Falcons. Sorry, I had to make sure I got that right. I had them taking Anthony Richardson. He's 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 kind of a guy that's become a hot commodity since his pro day and since his combine performance. Pick number nine, Marissa Chicago Bears. I then selecting Paris Johnson Jr. That's the guy that she wants them to draft. Offensive tackle out of Ohio State. And then I had Jalen Carter. He was projected he was predicted to go number one overall way back when the defensive lineman out of Georgia. Obviously, the off-the-field issues has made his draft stock slide a little bit, but I have him going to number 10 to Philly. Did you have a chance to do yours? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. I, thought it's, I think it's fun, though. You get a chance to win potentially $10,000 if you're right. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I think I'm it's just, worth it. The NFL draft, especially since the Chiefs have been Minus the last like seven years, so bad with so many draft picks, you try and pay attention to it, and then it seems like nothing ever goes the way you think it's gonna go. The NFL draft confuses me all the time. I remember when I did an internship in 2020. We uh, in the office we had a pool of people that were gonna do like all 32 picks. And you predicted all 32 picks, and the winner would get like lunch or something. That was so hard. I actually put a lot of effort into that. And I don't think my picks were even close. Some of them were, but... You never know what's going to happen. It always seems like there's a big surprise somewhere. Somebody trades back. Someone, you never know. Tune in tomorrow night. Let me see what time it is. I believe it's 6.30. It's in the Midwest, so it's Central Standard Time. Don't forget about that. Oh, it doesn't even say. Sorry. I thought I was going to say. This is going to be exciting, man. I, I cannot wait. If you have me on Snapchat, if you have me on Facebook or Twitter, just know I'm going to be posting a lot. Going crazy. Going crazy. We can leave off there for the NFL segment. We'll move on to the NBA. We got the hoop analyst back. What do you got for us, man? 
NBA round one. What have been your thoughts so far? I don't know, man. I didn't think the Heat would be up 3-1. The that, Cavs just kind of, it seems just like they fell off. And then the Clippers, no, well, they, they've missed quite three games or two? Three games. And then they haven't had PG, so you kind of feel bad there. But then with the Suns moving forward, I believe Kevin Durant's like number one in playoff minutes or something crazy. Devin Booker's like number nine. He's still really young, though. No injuries, stuff like that. I don't know. There's a lot of big games tonight. It stinks that I'm going to be at work, but I was like, you got to think. The Cavs could get eliminated tonight. Bucks could get eliminated tonight. That's wild to think about. The number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And the Grizz could get eliminated tonight and then you have De'Aaron Fox with the is it an index finger yes on his shooting hand or one of the fingers on his shooting hand Mm -hmm. he said he's definitely gonna play there I believe that series is tied 2-2 how's that gonna work out especially if he can't shoot the ball well because he hits every clutch bucket they need he was the clutch player of the year yeah I just don't know how they're going to be able to do it, especially if they don't have a shot maker. Malik Monk is one of those dudes, like, he'll come off the bench, and he might have you 30 or he might have you 6. You never know. But everything would have to go perfectly for them to win. Lots of compelling storylines for tonight. It's going to be crazy. I mean, it's at Sacramento, but if De'Aaron Fox can't shoot the ball or handle the ball as well, that's going to be... I know they said he would have to wear some kind of protective thing over it, so I'm not exactly sure how that's going to go or... What? I can't remember if it was his index finger or his second finger. It was his index, I believe. On his shooting hand, though? I don't know. Then you got to think just like dribbling the ball, playing defense. Even though they are going to have a cover on it, what kind of cover? Is it just like the single cover? It was the tip, too. Think about how uncomfortable. The rotation that, of the ball, too. That'll be so uncomfortable. Or like also, you know, they call him a swiper or a swiper, whatever. He's always has his hands in there on defense trying to get steals. Sometimes you'll just play a regular pickup game and jam a finger so bad you're like, oh, I can't do it. Now he has a broken finger and like, and he's guarding Curry all the time too. So I don't see them winning that series. I did have in my NBA pickums, I did have Golden State winning in six, but after the first two games, I was rooting for Sac- or Sacramento. Almost threw on my Kansas City Kings shirt in support of them. Oh, dude, that'd have been crazy. But it's funny we actually talked about it in last week's episode episode 48 about how at the beginning of the season and even throughout the season me and you talked about it that we wanted the kings to fail in hopes that one day maybe they come back to kansas city but i don't uh, think that's happening now no it's not yeah that's what that's what i told marissa so the as of right now the sixers the suns and the nuggets have advanced to the second round of the playoffs Lots of marquee games tonight. My Celtics. My Celtics blew it last night. I didn't expect that, but it's more rest for Embiid, so I'm there for it. Had the opportunity to put Atlanta away and then ice Trey. It was kind of a lucky shot. Turnover Trey. Turnover Trey. Trey with the hair that's fading away. No, he's a good player. That's scandalous. I can't believe it, man. Celtics are a weird team. They can be probably at times the most dominant team. And then the other times, they'll be up big. And I remember specifically um, this past spring. Well, we're still in spring, but I believe early March, 
that had a Friday night game against Brooklyn was blowing Brooklyn out by 28 points, I believe. And Brooklyn stormed back and beat them. You just can't do that. You're a team that was in the NBA Finals last year. You're trying to go back and you lose like that? Atlanta wasn't even prepared. Atlanta Atlanta thought their season was going to be over by now. That and they had, didn't have uh, DeJounte Murray either. They didn't have DeJounte Murray, which makes it worse. But the, the, the Atlanta wasn't even prepared. They, yeah. had, they had Janet Jackson scheduled for, in, <laughs> at the Hawks Arena. The same night game seven or game six going to be. I saw that. Or no, no, the game, the game five is going to be. I thought it was last night's game. Everybody crazy. Because Celtics are up 3-2. Okay, yeah, it was. Yep, you're correct. Game two. Yeah, Janet Jackson was supposed to be at the game or performing. I don't know. It'll, 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 be, it'll be game six. It'll be game six. She was supposed to be performing in Atlanta. And it, it's funny, Hector sent that to me today. I was like, man, they had zero faith in the Hawks. Zero this season like come on Celtics you had a chance to close it out in Boston now you go back on the road to Atlanta and as you mentioned you're giving Philadelphia more time to rest you really don't have anybody to guard and bead and you give them time to be healthy I still think the Celtics beat them I hope not in a seven game series but we might not we not we might not be friends during that series (laughs) I I will root for Jojo but can't go against my Celtics, man. Now, I do want to take, even though they lost, I do want to take a time to salute Russ. Poor guy. Russell Westbrook. I think you can remove the Westbrook. Westbrook for right now. That man, that man gave it everything he had. Yeah. He, I think he averaged, Hector sent it to me, I believe. trying to find it real quick it was on twitter here it is russell will <laughs> russell westbrook averaged 23.6 points per game 7.6 rebounds per game 7.4 assists per game i mean hats off he was, that was vintage okc russ you can't ask for much more man uh, he did everything he could but when you're playing against a team like that and, and you know how how frustrating is that you know i think for him he was probably expecting to go there and you know the clippers would potentially make a deep playoff run you know you have paul george and Kawhi Leonard, two of the best or two of the better players in the league probably both in the top 25 yeah when healthy arguably better than that and you pair russell westbrook with them you're anticipating them to potentially go on a you know a run deep run you know, he's got to be disappointed in the back of his mind. You think, come on. Shout out, Russ. Yeah. He gets a lot of hate. Respect to him for that series. Speaking of the clips, what's the future going to be for Kawhi? I don't know. When you look at the length of his entire career and how he played when he was at his best, and then from the Zaza Pachulia 
in his landing zone, whatever you call it. They were up like 20 something in the first quarter at Golden State. Super State or Golden State had a super team. Since then, it's just kind of like, oh, I don't know. Like, I know he won the chip with Toronto, but then again, you got to think, didn't they lose? Didn't Golden State lose KD and Clay in that yeah. series? Yes. I mean, they'd be, I don't know. That dude's just barely played. Within the last four years, yeah. Yeah. It's sad because when he, once he went to Toronto and really towards the end of his time in San Antonio, he became that guy. Yeah. They became easily a top five player. And now the decline, just all these injuries, all the load management towards ACL last year and then, or last season. And, you know, now it comes out that he, he had a tore his meniscus in game two. And then Paul George, that poor dude, he's had to come back from so much. That's just unfortunate. The Clippers. Yeah. Always on paper look like a great team. And then injuries every single time. Dates back to Danny Manning. That dude. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. All those players, man. It It's tough. I really wonder if the Clippers consider moving on from him. Yeah. Would they have to trade him? Who's going to eat up that money? Yeah. I don't know. They might just be stuck with him. I think that's the likely option. You just ride it out. End of his contract. You say thanks. Yeah, I did decent run. You missed a lot of games. Yeah, I think I saw something crazy. Like him and Paul George only played like 12 games together or something crazy like that. This season probably. It was something crazy. It might not be that low, but it was something you'd, you'd be shocked. Mm-hmm. It's or how much money was invested. Yeah, probably between them both, they're probably getting paid over $80 million for this season combined. That's yeah, unfortunate for the Clippers. Now, I saw this, Ryan, and I really wanted to talk to you about this. You're the hoops analyst. You've played basketball. Don't say that. A lot. No, no, no. You played basketball, not at a high level, but you've played basketball a lot longer than I have and probably a lot longer than other people have as well. I know you love this game. You've played it you've watched it you've played video games about it i was really interested to get your opinion on this and it kind of revolves around john morant yeah i know you're gonna say yep so it's became a conversation and it really started last week when he got banged up and he missed game two of the series in between the lakers and the grizzlies he's obviously flying through the air and now it's (laughs) it's kind of become a joke on twitter you know, uh, <laughs> if you all are familiar with uh, Jeff Hardy. <laughs> the Attitude Era, boy. Com- coming off the top ropes, you know, he's flying at somebody. Th- they compare John Morant trying to dunk on somebody to that. But the interesting thing about this is people really believe that the NBA needs to get rid of the charge. I get it from the NBA perspective. Because nobody wants to see defense anymore. They want to see scoring. But I feel like that ta- there's already, I don't know, there's so much spacing. It's not as physical. No hand checking. Stuff like that. Why would you take away the charge? Then I feel like that, then that just takes away from defense even more. I don't think you can do that. If he wants to be reckless and do stupid stuff, that's on him. 100%. I mean, because that's just, 
you got to make like yeah you want to win the game and give it your all but also you got to make business decisions we've seen great players throughout the years former mvp we've seen people try to do that and i know a lot of his issue was landing wrong but dude you're taking i don't know unnecessary it's just reckless you're taking your two steps from outside the three what is jaw like six four not even i think six three like dog you're not seven foot dude and you're going at one of the strongest dudes like pound for pound like there is what are you doing i, I saw that fall it was that could have ended so badly it was two of them in the yeah. same series yeah and we've seen dudes land like that and hit their head break arms trying to break their fall stuff like that i don't think you take away the charge though I think that takes away what little defense the NBA does have. I just don't think, I I don't understand how he hasn't learned his lesson, for one. For two, I think it's a slap in the face of Dr. James Naismith. Yeah, I think it is. Think about how long that rule has been around in the game of basketball. Number three, it is great defense. As much as I I think about it from a college basketball perspective, there's a (laughs) I think from KU, they play these random teams, you know, in the tournament or during the regular season. There's always that one random little white dude that will take a charge. And it's it's heads up. It's a high IQ play. Yeah. You might get dunked on, but you could get Doak or David or, you know, KJ, I guess, this year in foul trouble. I mean, also gives your team some momentum, gives you the ball back, and it always makes that offensive player, everyone on offense, really, do I really have an open lane? Am I really going to be able to get to the bucket without that happening? So, I don't know. I, I don't think you take that away. No, it's it's not it's not a dirty play. They're not trying to they're not doing it with the intent of hurting somebody. They're doing it cuz it's smart. It's heads up. They read the scouting report. Obviously, the scouting report is John Morant's going to recklessly go through the paint and yeah. he he's not going to care. You know, he'll His he'll, hip was like at LeBron's head. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Chill out. It it's I was like I said, I was very interested to get your opinion. I'm glad we're on the same page. It if they took it away from the NBA, they already get away with a lot of carries. We've seen it this season, especially. There's been videos that surfaced on Twitter. They get away with a lot of travels. Yeah, the two and a half turns into three and a half or four. You know, don't no stop. Don't change the game of basketball. I, in my opinion, that'd be taking away too much of the defensive side. Then there would literally be almost no defense. I agree. Jaw can't shoot very well or at a high percentage. So you know he's going to try and attack the basket. And obviously he's going at LeBron one-on-one. How are you going to beat the Lakers team? Get LeBron in foul trouble. Keep him on the bench because Anthony Davis is so inconsistent. Their bench is inconsistent. You never know who's going to make a shot. D'Angelo Russell's kind of like, I want to say kind of like JR. He's either on or he's off. So you're going to beat that team by getting LeBron tired, which you can't really do. The only way to get him out of the game is to get him into foul trouble. Yeah. It was like, why do crazy stuff like that? Great analysis. That play was one of the craziest plays I've ever seen. Like he had no intent on trying to even score, I think. I think once he knew where he took off from, he was just kinda like, Oh, well, let's see what happens here. Draw the foul or something. And it didn't go good. Just the bonehead. And he play. landed on LeBron's head. I'm not like defending LeBron, but also that's kind of reckless too. Because what happens if he falls? Like, when you watch the replay, when he falls, it's on LeBron's head, on the hardwood. Dudes fall on the hardwood, and they have to come out of the game. That would hurt. Or they can't play. We've even seen them in concussion protocol, even this year, for hitting their head on the hardwood. 
what happens then? Because you're putting the offensive player at a liability too when you're doing reckless stuff like that. Not to mention your own body. That's just stupid. You can't take away the charge. Outside of pickup games, the charge needs to be there for a reason. (laughs) Because also it kind of bridges the gap between the most athletic people on the court and the less athletic people on the court. Uh. (laughs) I haven't seen one. Have you seen that? What? Someone actually taking a charge and pick up? <laughs> nah, check up, my ball. We're not doing that. If if someone did that, oh man, you're no, you're trying way too hard. There's no officials. No, like there's yeah, like I get it. You know, you're like if, especially if you're running fives like indoors something. Like I get it. You want to get like near game action, but I've never seen a dude try. I've seen some old heads do it, but I've never seen a young dude just go in there. Like, if you're running in the paint like that, I'm just going to hit you. It's just one of those. Check up, good take. Like, you're not trying to hurt anybody, but I'm not going to sit there and take a charge in a pickup game like a weirdo. That's funny. I had a laugh when you said that. What is, before we get to the news, what are some round two matchups that you've seen so far? Or potential round two matchups? I think there's only one set so far, and that's Denver and Phoenix. I think that's going to be a really good series. I think it's going to come down to Denver just being deeper. I think that's probably one of the biggest series of the playoffs. Yeah, it could very well be the winner of the entire thing in that series. It would not surprise me. Or at least the winner of the Western Conference, but yeah, I agree. Okay, so now some news. We'll go through this pretty quick. Ime Udoka is named the new Rockets head coach. Good young core. Promising young core. A lot of picks. A lot of picks. Ime Udoka, I mean, look what he did with Boston last year. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what happens. They could land a big free agent as well. Yeah, as long as he thinks with the right head, dude, I think he could be a great coach again. You got to think the West is only getting older. That is true. And more banged up, like outside of what, like Sacramento, if, if they can stay at that for a certain amount of years, they're a top team. Phoenix is getting too old. Paul George, or not Paul George, Chris Paul coming off the bench, then KD being hurt, then playing the most minutes in the playoffs. What, he came in in 08? Like, he's getting up there. All I got to say is, Thunder stand up. Heck yeah. <laughs> They'll be up there. Lowry Marketing named Most Improved Player of the Year. I like it. I didn't. Between him and who? Shy. Give it to Shy. You got to give Shy something, man. Like, come on. I think, I mean, Because Lowry was hooping when he... Where did he play before this? Chicago. Chicago. And then before that, he was really good. Where did he play? He got drafted by Chicago. I thought he went to another team before Utah. I don't believe so. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. I feel like he's always been decent. Last year was a down year, but I don't feel like you can play at a really high level, have a down year, then play well and get most improved when you have Shy, who's done nothing but improve year to year to year to year to year because, what, he averaged like 31 to like 33 points this year? There's nothing he can do to get most improved now. I I think it's just weird. I think they just... I don't know. I don't like it. The way I think of the uh, voters were looking at it probably is that they probably put shy more into like the MVP pool. Yeah. So it, naturally, if you're in that category, you're probably not going to be looked at for most improved. I think marketing, he actually improved his points per game by 11. Yeah. And you know, naturally that comes from getting more minutes and becoming a starter yeah. because he wasn't, I don't believe he was that, that or he was like the fourth option in Chicago. 
Yeah, but then again, also, when you think about it, what about De'Aaron Fox? They get rid of Tyrese Halliburton, and they're like, are you really going to do that to get Sabonis? You know, Swiper hasn't really lived up to his expectations. And then what? What were they? I already clicked off of it. What seed were they in the West? The second or third? Or maybe I'm crazy. They were the third seed. Third seed, yeah. Like, that's crazy. They're battling with the Warriors. What about him? I just feel like there was different people that should have got it over them marketing. I'm not hating. Like, big, goofy white dude that likes to shoot threes but can also play with his back to the basket and defend, too. Like, you always like that. You know, very efficient player, but I don't know. I like his game. I think he's good. I, I get I get But then he, who are the top three scorers for the Jazz? <laughs> probably. You him know what and, I mean? Probably him and Clarkson. Like not trying to be hurtful, but it's just like no, you, know, I mean, you you have some valid points. Kind of just like Julius Randle with the Knicks. Like I know no, they're up that's big. A, that's know, a great comparison. I know they're up big right now, but whenever he played with other like superstars or stars, you know, his numbers. I thought he was on his way out of the league until he went to New York. Then when he was taking the most shots on the team, I know they have Brunson now and they've added some other young pieces, but that's a really good comparison. Actually, I, I give you credit for that one. I say a smart thing once every like four or five episodes. <laughs> Shout out to marketing too, though. I believe he's in the, he's serving the fin, Finnish army because he's from Finland, right? Something. It was, is it this year he has to serve or next year? He's serving right now. So does that mean he won't be able to play next season? Well, that I don't know. Because I, I saw that, but I didn't know if it was like this year or next year. Well, either way, the Jazz have a while before they play. I know it's kind of weird, so I was like, eh. How, how weird is that, though? A seven-foot-tall guy in the Army? It sounds like a good way to get hurt. Yeah. Rookie of the year, Paulo Bencaro. I mean, I feel like you can't argue it. At one point, the Magic were one of the best teams in the East, but then they lost like 20 out of 25. I mean, he had a dang good season. He still has a lot to work on. But I think he's a great piece for them, like moving forward, especially in the East. I like him a lot. I think he's good. There's actually people upset with that one, too. They thought they should have went to Jalen Williams of the Thunder. Yep. Led the league in charges. (laughs) Or charges taken, however you phrase it. But the thing I will say about him is that he came on, you know, later compared to Apollo. But then again, Apollo had a bigger role. I mean, obviously I'm no KC fanboy, but I feel like there's no one you could have given that to other than Apollo. Yeah, I know he played for North Carolina, blah, but I mean, he Duke. was a hooper, dude. He was playing. Oh, he played for Duke? Yeah. Oh, I sound like a casual now. Dang, <laughs> you just said I said something smart, then I say something like that. I don't know. Knicks and Cavs are on already, but the other games don't start until later. The next game is Lakers-Grizz, and then I don't know what the other games are. Or I know what they are, I just don't know what time slots they are. I do want to say before we move on to MLB, I thought the Knicks and Cavs was going to be you know, a series that went seven. I really hope it doesn't end tonight. Oh, it is? I told you the Cavs all year, man. I told you they weren't going to do it. You did. No, I said they would make the playoffs. You know, After that, I don't know. That was I thought year. they would fall off. 25 games into the season and every year we go over the power rankings and I'm like man I look kind of stupid I'm trashing them every episode they just keep getting better maybe I should start trashing KU <laughs> no, no, no. man we'd be going back to back wait football and basketball maybe if I talk bad about them they do better too no. well speaking of power rankings we'll jump right into the MLB power rankings there's a new number one the Tampa Bay Rays overtook the Atlanta Braves it's funny last week it was the three top teams were the Raves, the Braves, and the Jays. 
Say that five times fast. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It made for a good tongue twister. So you have the Tampa Bay Rays at number one. You have the Atlanta Braves at number two. The New York Mets at number three. The Milwaukee Brewers at number four. The New York Yankees at number five. The Astros at number six. I still feel like that's a weird one. The Astros, let me pull up their record. I know they started to turn things around as of late, but they're 13 and 11. I think there's probably teams you could put in front of them. Hell, even Texas is in front of them in their division. Off topic. Toronto Blue Jays at number seven. They slid pretty far. They were in the top three. Isn't it crazy how, like, I know this is random, but it kind of fits with what we're talking about, like how the MLB season starts before the NBA playoffs and then ends, like, when the next season has already started? Like, that's crazy. That's a long year. It is. The Los Angeles Dodgers at number eight. The Baltimore Orioles at number nine. Let's see their record real quick. I'm curious. Are the Royals at 10? Yeah. Yes, they are. <laughs> the bottom 10. And then the San Diego Padres at number 10. I think it's for the most, I think things I would probably change. Definitely. I feel like you have to have Pittsburgh in there. Pittsburgh's been, you know, the hottest team in the MLB right now. Granted, they did just lose the other night, but they were 8 2 in their last 10 games. They're, they have a good story right now. I, I will highlight one player that's actually a feel good story here in a few minutes, but I feel like they should be in the top 10. Toronto should be moved up. Maybe you throw in Texas in the top 10. It's just weird that you have the Astros. Astros at number six. I would probably, if you're going to have them in the top 10, I think you should have them at least, you know, the back end. They're nine or 10. You know what I mean? Yeah, not really. I'm pretty much terrible with baseball. I try <laughs> to watch it. It's just so hard. And with the playoffs on, draft coming up. That's what I'm saying. This time of year, it's, it's hard to follow baseball. It, like I mentioned at the top of the show, it got put on the back burner. Yeah, like the first two weeks, though, I like I told you weeks ago or months ago, however many episodes it was, I got to get better with baseball, so I have something to talk about. And it's just so hard to even, like, so we have YouTube TV or whatever, or I'll be like, Pawpaws, you know, they have YouTube TV too. It's hard to ever even find a game, any game at all. But, like, you almost can't find a Royals game anywhere, which... It's understandable now. What are they like, five and eighteen or something crazy? Well, no, that's because they're on uh, Bally Sports. Yeah, but it's just I'm not gonna. It's just too difficult to be able to watch them. Now the players of the week of week four via MLB Twitter, you have Aloydis Garcia from the Texas Rangers and Max Muncy of the Los Angeles Dodgers. They both combined for nine home runs last week and 21 RBIs. Pretty impressive. That's another thing I think you could probably toss in other players. I don't I don't know enough MLB players to really have an opinion on, you know, players of the week. But I thought that was pretty interesting. I feel like players of the week for the MLB is kind of weird. It's tough, right? Yeah. Because you could definitely have, you could throw around quite a few names, I feel like. For real? I mean, I'm, I'm just assuming. Has anyone surprised you so far? Like, because I'm a casual. I try and keep up with the scores and at least watch the highlights and what's going on. but. To, you know a lot more than I do. So has anyone surprised you or any player particularly, whether it be the Royals or from a different organization? Player-wise, is hard. Like I said, that, you know, there's... Well, I just mean, like, surprised you this year so far. Not like a player of the week. But. No, no, no. I mean, like, players in general, that's hard to 
to say just because there i mean there's so many there's lineup changes every day that's yeah that's very hard to say team that surprised me pittsburgh pirates who would have ever thought that they'd lead the nl central through the first month of the season i called it <laughs> yeah Duh. i actually had the st louis cardinals and the cardinals are in last at nine and 15 oof you got to teach me how to make some baseball bets, man, so I have something to do all summer. I actually do have a strategy that I was given by a coworker. What a legend. I will have to give you that one. It's actually... Do it, I know the coworker? No, no. It's for the writing job. You need to put me in contact. <laughs> he's he's a... I won't say a gambling guru, but he knows his stuff. Yeah. He loves the NHL, too. Oh, never mind. No, the NHL, dude, it's actually really cool to bet on. Moneyline. Well, at least regular season. Playoff time, I wouldn't advise it. I'm white, but <laughs> I ain't that white. Another team, I'd say the Dodgers have kind of underperformed a little bit, but I think that they're they're still at the top of the NL West. They're still obviously one of the better teams in the MLB, but I, I told Hector they took steps back this offseason. You know, the record kind of indicates it. Tampa Bay Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays have still been red hot. They're plus 88 and run differential. Yeah, I need to link up with Hector. Maybe he can teach me baseball. I mean, he knows his stuff. Those are some teams, though. I'd say probably the Pirates and the Rays. Top pitching rotations. This was an interesting tidbit. Through, what is it now? They played 23 games, 24 games, give or take. The... MLB Network Twitter page listed the top five starting rotations so far. You have the Tampa Bay Rays, or this is an ERA. So the Tampa Bay Rays have the best ERA in baseball at 2.67. Minnesota Twins, interesting. They have the second best one at 2.69. The Atlanta Braves have the third best at 3.15. Chicago Cubs. Chicago Cubs are actually another team. They've made a lot of additions in the offseason. They've been playing pretty well. I think they're going to be in the race for the NL Central. They have the fourth best ERA at 3.23. San Francisco Giants have the fifth best at 3.46. I think that's the only series the Royals won. was actually against the Giants. Or no, no, I don't even think they won. I don't think, I'm going to be honest, I don't think they've won a series yet. I haven't. Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, I was just going to say. Have you been able to watch any games? The Royals this yeah. season, or just anybody in the MLB, yeah, or much. So I know in spring training and at like the very beginning of the season, I saw the whole pitch clock thing and like all that stuff. How do you think it's affecting it from a fan perspective? Like I know you're not like an expert, but you obviously know far more than I do and watch far more than I do. How do you think it's affecting it? Do you like the pace? From a viewership perspective, I think that it does speed up the game, obviously, but the innings do go by quicker. Like if you're watching it. For me, baseball has always been something I've had on in the background. Yeah. Like, obviously, when football season and basketball season ends, that's something I'll throw on. And I'll probably look at it for a little bit, go do something, come back, and check the score again. But the inning, yeah, they fly by. You know, if you aren't paying attention fully, you're going to miss something just because it goes by that quick. Now, from a player perspective, I believe ERA is lower, or like pitching. So, pitching is doing better. Surprisingly enough, I thought pitchers would probably struggle a little bit. I think batting average was down a little bit in the league. So maybe that's weird because they want to try and like 
get more runs scored so they can try and get that viewership back up with the younger generations, make the games go by faster so more people can watch more games and complete games. So do you think overall it was a good idea or a bad idea from someone from your point of view? Because I'm worse than a casual. I think it's a good idea. I mean, you said ERA, and I know what that means, but that's about (laughs) it. I think it's a good idea, especially if you say you're taking a kid out to the ball game. Yeah. Think of a kid's attention span. You know, and even probably some adults. <laughs> Their attention span is probably low, especially for a slow pace professional sports game. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, like I said, you kind of have to stay tuned in more or else you're going to miss something. Yeah. So, we'll say that. Well, that's a good. That's good, though. No, I remember you could you could take a nap in the third inning and wake up. There's people who took naps in the stadium. It's the fit. Oh yeah, dude. Always remember we always took those uh, field trips in grade school. I never went. So for real, we never went to no Junction Elementary. Never took us to Kaufman. No, nah, we went to you. No, I did mention I wanted to tell you a good a feel good story. It revolves around the Pittsburgh Pirates, Drew Maggie. 13 years in the minors finally got called up to the big leagues. I like that. MLB reported 4,494 plate appearances in the minors. How much? Okay, so 1,155 games, 4,494 plate appearances. Dang. Was he brought up as in like a Kind of like a fan interaction type thing, or was he just really putting up numbers over the last few seasons? No, I think someone got hurt. Uh, and they, either way, congrats to him. That's amazing. Like I said, it was it was, it was more so a feel good story. I think that they're they kind of the Pirates front office did it in good faith. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like it. It's always good. I don't know how he did. I don't think. I mean, I don't know. You get your first taste of elite pitching. You know, for the first time in. Who knows how long? Can't imagine it went very well, but yeah. I don't have the stats. I wish the stats were posted. The Tampa Bay, some more news. The Rays, Tampa Bay Rays were the first team to start 14-0 and at home in the live ball era. Now, I don't know what the live ball era means. I will be honest. Oh, don't look at me. <laughs> Dude, I can't, I can't help you there. No, I was looking for a lifeline. Like, quick Google search. No. Spencer Strider sets the Atlanta set broken Atlanta Braves record on Monday. I believe he had twelve strikeout or he set a record for most consecutive games with nine or more strikeouts, I believe. I think it was twelve. I could be wrong on that. But he's been phenomenal. He had a really good season last year too. Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates, speaking of them, talking a lot about them this episode. He signed an eight-year, $106 million deal or extension. Dang. Pittsburgh, I mean, they're kind of on the come up. We'll see, you know, if they come back down to earth at some point. He's actually, he was an all-star last year, I want to say, if not an all-star candidate. He had a really good 2022 season. And then this news just broke today. Unfortunate. Injuries always suck. Robbie Ray of the Seattle Mariners is out for the season. That's kind of all the news that I have. Now, a quick Royals update. Chris Bubik, we found out, I believe, four days ago, four or five days ago, that he is said to have Tommy John, which he actually did either this, yeah, he did this morning. 
had Tom jo- Tommy John surgery this morning, out for the rest of the year, obviously, and probably at least a good portion of next year as well. Pretty tough considering, you know, he was a young arm that they were hoping would improve this season and, you know, kind of solidify himself in that starting rotation. Now he kind of just left grasping at straws. Who do you put in? Yeah. Brady Singer actually had a really good outing last night against the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Royals won. The Royals bats, though, that's just been terrible to start the season. It's been sad. I know I know within the last few years, I've really gotten into baseball. So I don't know in years past, like when the Royals really sucked in the 2000s, and you know, early 2010s, and even the middle 2010s after the World Series. I couldn't tell you what the bats were like back then. But man, this some it is it it's disappointing because it's coming from some of the guys you would hope were yeah. gonna be good bats. You know, MJ Melendez. He was one we were he was projected to be one of our power bats. Salvi, he's Salvi's been okay. But even Bobby Witt, you're expecting Bobby Witt hopefully to bat around at this point, hopefully around where Benny Vinny Pascaltino's batting at. Vinny Pascaltino's batting pretty well. I think I can take a look at his real quick. I believe his batting average on the season as of right now it was at 289 last time I saw it. 284. Bobby Wood Jr. is actually getting playing better. He's at 253. MJ Millen is at 184. Not good. Edward Oliveras he was a guy I was high on, and he's actually played pretty decent. He's batting 250. Michael Massey's been disappointing. Nicky Lopez has been a little disappointing. It's just been bad. Royals Review Twitter page. They tweeted out two days ago. They said, after initially getting off to a good start, Royals hitters are now second to last in MLB and walk rate at 6.2%. They have the fifth highest strikeout rate at 25.6%, and only four teams have fewer home runs at 17. Not particularly good. Yeah. I don't know if this is a shout-out or not, but since we were talking to it, I pulled it up. Do you know, though, with the Bally Sports, do you just get the home games, or do you get all the games? I would hope you get all the games. Otherwise, you're paying for... Because I know when I got the ML or the NBA package, when I used to do that every year, and the reason why I stopped is because I wanted to watch every OKC game, and like all the big games that you know, like the West Coast games, East Coast games, that start real late here that we wouldn't normally be able to watch. They'd still be blacked out, even though you have the like the NBA package. But for the Bally Sports Plus, it says you get Royals, Thunder. It doesn't say home or away, or if it's just all. The St. Louis Blues, and then it says select ACC games. So not even specific teams, just games. $20 a month or $189 a year. So maybe that's something I might look into next year if you get the home and away games. Especially if they have an app you can download so then you can watch those games anywhere. But that's still pretty steep. I would hope. I would hope it's home and away. Because I think for the NBA package, and it might have gone up in price since, but I think when I originally got it, which at the beginning of the season, how many teams are there in the NBA? 30? 30. 
82 games. I don't know. I think that was like 260 or something like that. But I'm not going to watch any hockey games. I might watch some ACC games. So basically 200 bucks a year for the Royals and OKC. And I don't even know if that's home and away or just home. And then is it going to be one of those situations just like with the NBA package? And I know there there have been complaints about some of the other like professional league or major league, whatever you call it, packages, how some of the games are still blacked out, though. And you don't know that when you buy it and, and you won't know until that night. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, it's sketchy. It almost makes it not worth it. That is interesting though, yeah. So the Royals current record six and nineteen. One of the worst records in baseball. They're one and twelve at home in Kaufman. You know, they still could turn it around. Do I think they will? Probably not. I just want to see them win. Come on, at least at home. Yeah. We should probably try and hit up a couple Royals games because I saw the, I know a few, the last episode I was on you brought up, was it the Cubs who had the beer bat? Yeah. I saw the Royals have something similar to that. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to cut right now so I can't have all those carbs, but when we get back from Mexico, let's get it. Yes, sir. Like 100 degrees, let's go. If you're in Kansas City and you're listening, tickets are dirt cheap. I would take full advantage of it while you can. Because, yep. <laughs> I mean, you never know when the Royals are going to be good again. But, I mean, five, ten dollar tickets, fifteen dollar tickets, even thirty, forty dollar tickets—you can't beat it for really good seats. Yeah, and get it, and they all—they always have like you can look up the schedule, but they always have like Dog Day at the K, KU Day at the K, Star Wars Day at the K, Superhero Day. They have so many like fun, like fan interaction type things too. You know, and tailgate a little bit makes for a good time. I mean, your parking is worth more than the ticket. So it's, it's only like, 20 bucks. Yeah, but I thought you said some of the tickets were like 10 bucks. Even yeah. if they're not like great seats, I like walking around usually when I'm at a Royals game anyway and just seeing stuff. So I don't really care what tickets I get, but I think it'd be fun. We definitely need to go. I think you get your bang for your buck for sure. Hey, double date. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, before we end episode 49 of Bar Top Sports Talk, I did want to give one little last tidbit about the NFL draft. So front office sports, I've shouted them out plenty of times. I love what they do on Twitter. They had an interesting tidbit three days ago. Apparently, the NFL draft started on a chalkboard. I saw that. That's crazy. The first player ever picked decided to become a foam rubber salesman instead of playing in the National Football League. This year, the three-day spectacle is about to draw 10 million viewers and a potential crowd of over 300,000 people in Kansas City. It's made me think, especially this week, and really the more and more details that we've gotten about the draft and how, you know, the bar is set pretty high for the Kansas City draft, has made me think about how far it's came from the yeah. chalkboard. And then for years, like decades, it was in Radio City Music Hall where you were only, it was only a select few fans. You know, once you sell out, you sell out. Now you're drawing 300,000 people to a venue. Nashville had the biggest crowd. I believe they did over 600,000. Kansas City, let's beat that. I was seeing some great, I know they're just projected numbers, but I saw, I've seen some crazy numbers so far. It's going to be crazy. I'm excited about it. I've said it so many times. 
this, this is one of the coolest moments in Kansas City history. Be there. Tune in if you're not in Kansas City. And we'll have the recap for you for episode 50. The big 5-0. Episode 50. I got to think of something to do. We got Who do we have a special guest on? Do we plan something? I don't know, man. We got to do something. That's a great accomplishment. I'm proud of you, man. For real. Because I see a lot of people might not know, like, it's not just plugging the mics and, you know, take notes and all that computer stuff you have to deal with and all that. I've definitely learned a lot since we've had it at Bernal Broadcasting Studios. Oh, that stuff's over my head, man. And how many times have we, like, recorded an episode and it, the quality wasn't, like, perfect, but we didn't know until after or, like, it deleted stuff? And how how much time have you put on that computer just to make sure that we're able to do this and that it does everything right? You put in a lot of work, man. I appreciate it. I have a lot of fun doing the podcast. Episode 50. For real. Milestone. Big milestone. Tune in for it. Hope you guys enjoy this episode first. We'll see you guys for episode 50.